Hello and welcome to the Feminist Critique. I'm Ajlene. And I'm Gracie. And I'm shocked that Ajlene actually said the name of it. Uh, I decided to surprise you. <laughs> well, I am surprised. <laughs> that's that's like the running joke is me surprising Gracie with whatever I'm coming up with, whether it's a silly voice or a sexy voice or, you know, whatever the fuck singing maybe i don't know <laughs> i'm surprised one. you didn't sing this time nah, <laughs> not a girl not yet a woman actually that's <laughs> not true i'm definitely a woman um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. you should uh <laughs> which means i suck a lot of dicks nar- <laughs> you should narrate a sexy novel. Listen at you. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I should narrate Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh dear Jesus! <laughs> All right, before and we get into the, part... the movie, no, okay. <laughs> before we get into the movie, we do have a little bit of a promotion that Ashlene is going to tell you about, and then we'll get started. All right, so we are part of this amazing campaign called Two Pods a Day. That is hashtag Two Pods a Day, where it aims to introduce podcast listeners, especially all of you guys out there, to listening to two independent podcasts every day for the month of July. So we hope to give some visibility to some pretty great indie podcasts that are out there that you've never even heard about, especially because there's a lot of people out there that are like, Oh, I want to watch. I want some true crime podcast, but it's got to have this, this, and this. Well, especially with those true crime podcasts, there's something for everybody because there is a lot of true crime pro- podcasts, like so friggin' many. But they're still all pretty good, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, two pods a day encourages you to listen more and listen indie because that is helping out normal people like you and me who are just trying to you know, build an empire of podcasts. So, yeah. Um, make sure to follow two, hashtag two pods a day on Twitter and Facebook. Yay! Yay, I did it. Oh, I guess I should probably mention some of the podcasts that... You can. Yeah, um... <laughs> so there's one called Hello Life WTF and another one called Wives Tales... Another one called Perhaps It's You and Champions of the Earth. So, yeah. Perhaps It's You? Sounds like a dating relationship podcast. I don't know if it is or not, but it's the name is enough to grab my attention. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know what it's about, um, but apparently... But they are mentioned. They are featured, so check yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and that website, by the way, if you want to check out some of the blogs, is r-americana.com yep our o-u-r yeah that's what i said i know but the way you said it you have an accent and it said r so it sounded like you said the the letter r oh okay well i can't help it that i got an accent okay i I live up in canada and i'm putting on a southern accent so i don't know what the fuck i'm doing anymore just like this podcast. <laughs> Bing. All righty. So this week we are continuing our bad movie month. And basically we're looking at movies that have a 50% or less on Rotten Tomatoes that are considered bad. But I have to be honest here. 
I do not agree with this movie having a 13% or 14%. And this movie is Crossroads, which, yeah, I don't agree. I'll give you some stats real quick, and then we'll get right into it. Um, this movie came out in 2002, had a budget of $12 million, box office of $61 million. It was a modest movie. wasn't a huge hit. I mean, it was uh, a success, so. It, it made back its budget, and it made some money. So there's that. Uh, uh, it was directed by Tamara Davis. She's done a lot of TV shows. Uh, she also directed Half Baked and Millie Madison. So she's this is a little different from the kind of comedies that she's used to directing. Um, it was written by the Queen Shonda Rhimes. This was actually her first motion picture script. She had only done a TV movie and a short film as a writer before this. Yeah. So, well, actually, when I saw that, I went, Shonda Rhimes, holy shit. She's, like, like the epitome now of, like, you know, writing, especially because she's come out with so many, like, very popular um, things. Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. And uh, How to Get Away with Murder, too, right? Yeah, uh, she she's not a writer of that one. I think she's a producer. Oh, but still, it's all part of um, what do they call There's it? Shondaland. Shondaland. There's a reason, like Thursday nights on ABC are called Shondaland. She is the queen of uh, primetime television. Yeah, and this was like one of her first, you know, writing gigs. Exactly. So, yeah. I love Shonda. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's give you some cast. Britney Spears plays Lucy. She's mostly known as a famous musician. Um, Anson Mount plays Ben. He is known for Hell on Wheels. Yeah, which was a pretty popular TV show. I have to say, in this movie, he's like, he wasn't that cute, but like in Hell on Wheels, oh girl, he is daddy. Zoe Saldana plays Kit. She was in a lot of Avengers movies. She was in the Avatar. Well, Zoe Saldana. Cause, well, yeah, because she's in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So when you say Avengers movies, you mean Guardians of the Galaxy and then the I last am- Avengers movie. Get it fucking right, girl. Jesus. I, I don't oh, know I what you. it is about Zoe Saldana, but she has very few roles where she's not covered in body paint. <laughs> Yeah, which is... I don't understand. Well, she was in Star Trek. She wasn't covered in body paint, and a lot of girls in that one were covered in body paint. Uh, Taryn Manning is also in this movie. She plays Mimi. She's mostly known as Pensatucky on Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. Dan Aykroyd plays Lucy's dad, Pete. He was in Ghostbusters, My Girl, Saturday Night Live. Uh, He's also Tim Canadian. Cottrell. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to point that out every time they're Canadian. That's, uh, I'm uh, sorry. That's what we do uh, because in Canada, we know our Canadians. We know that they came from from us first and then they moved over to the States. Traitors. But still, they they went and they went and made the, that money. <laughs> so, uh, Kim Cattrall. She's mostly known for Sex in the City. She's also she Canadian. Ve- huh? She's also Canadian. She has a very small, like, four-line part as Lucy's mom, uh, Caroline. 
Justin Long is in this movie very shortly. He plays Henry. He's known for, like, Jeepers Creepers. He was in that Die Hard movie. He was in Other uh, Things, wasn't he, too? He was, like, the Mac guy in the Mac versus PC commercial. Oh, my God. He plays Dave in um in Alvin and the Chipmunks. He does. <laughs> no. Doesn't he? No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. No. He's in Elvin. No, the guy from My Name is Earl plays Dave in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Uh, oh, but he... I'm pretty sure he was in Alvin and the Chipmunks. He might be a voice of one of the oh, Chipmunks. Oh, yeah, I think he... Yeah, he's Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's definitely Whoops. got a career. <laughs> Um, and then we have Beverly Johnson as Kit's mom. She's a model Hold on. actress. Just, just a sec. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm recording a podcast. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? What? What's that about? Oh no! I I went home. I just I I do a podcast about movies. Oh. So we're in the middle of recording. So that's how it works. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day, and I'll be back tomorrow. All right. See you later. See you later. Okay. Sorry about that. All right. Am I good? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Okay. okay. <laughs> Beverly Johnson. Now you know how it feels. Uh, yeah, I know. Beverly Johnson plays Kit's mom. She doesn't have a name, uh, but she's a model turned actress. Recently, she's been in the news as one of the accusers for Bill Cosby. Oh, really? So, um mm-hmm that's uh that's what she's recently been in the news for but she's consistently acted in very small roles since she retired as a model oh, okay and that's oh, all i, I got i want to mention one more thing okay so the the uh, band that played the high school band do you know who they are it was Bowling for Soup! Yep. <laughs> I love Bowling for Soup. Their song, High School Never Ends, is like my favorite. Uh, I know. So true. I had I actually wrote that in my notes. Yep. I had to <laughs> mention it because I was like, oh, well, because while I was watching it, I'm like, this has to be a well-known band. It has to be. But like, it didn't click because I don't actually know what the guys look like at all. <laughs> so I was like, Yeah. And then all the, anyways, we'll get into the actual movie part. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, I do want to mention before we begin that um, Anson Mount, who plays Ben, did not want this role because he thought it was too cheesy. Uh, but Robert De Niro, who Mount was working with on a movie, was a huge fan of Britney Spears. <laughs> Robert De Niro is a huge fan of Britney Spears, and he was telling Anson hey, man, you should totally do it. So while they were on the set of a movie together, Robert De Niro was playing Britney Spears in the script. He was feeding the lines to Anson while Anson played Ben. I wonder well, if he like, did they... the Britney Spears voice, like, you know, like that Southern sort of charm thing. I would love someone thing. to bring that up in an interview and ask him about it because I bet it's a hilarious story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody, please, out there, especially if you're an interviewer, like, you know, possible one in the future, please ask him this question. <laughs> We're curious. We want to know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, movie opens. Lucy's narrating about all of these dreams for the future. Uh, 
Jamie Lynn Spears plays the younger version of her, and they're, like, all together. Her, Lucy, uh, her, she is Lucy. Lucy, Mimi, and Kit are all, like, burying this, like, time capsule that they promised that they're going to open up on midnight of their graduation. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to modern day. And it's Lucy singing in her underwear with a fake spoon microphone. I'm just going to be honest. That's totally me. I do it. Singing in your underwear? (laughs) Yes. With the moves and everything. Like, I'm in my room, and I play karaoke with myself. Like, you know, singing at the top of my lungs to some bubblegum pop. (laughs) Where, while I was watching this, I went, oh, yeah, that hottie dancing around in her underwear on the... Like that? Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the thing girls actually do. Uh-huh. Oh. I'm not like other Are girls. You... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and log <laughs> alert. <laughs> I'm special because what I actually do is icing in the shower. Yes. Yeah. So she's getting dressed and like her and eating breakfast and singing and then her dad like knocks and busts in and stuff and is like hey you need to you know put on your robe and blah 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 he's like so overbearing and controlling of her yeah it's a little too much like go ahead no it's just it's a little too much where you're like dad she is a teenage girl don't just bust into that room jesus christ man also, she's fucking 18 years old. She's an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that a lot to him. What's so sad is, like, his dad, her dad reminds me a lot of my mom. I'm sorry, sweetie. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so, they for some reason, they're going to school on their graduation day. I don't understand this, because when I graduated from high school... Like, we got let out a week before everyone else did so they could make sure our grades were finalized. Yeah. But this is a movie, so I guess. I mean, yeah, like, our graduation wasn't till October. Holy shit. Well, yeah, like, because you graduate in June and then you go to the graduation ceremony in, like, September, October or something. Oh, wow. Interesting. Like, we finalize our grades and then a week or two after the grades are finalized, we walk. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was Um, just because of people who did summer school and stuff so that, you know, they would be able to walk across the stage, especially if they're missing a class or two. Yeah, we didn't have that kind of summer school program. We're in a poor red state. (laughs) Education means nothing. I'm in Canada, and honestly, summer school is the actual fucking worst. I used to, like... I believe it. I used to fuck around and, like, not do my work, but I still pass, so whatever. (laughs) Um, I do want to point out that in the movie, you see Mimi. Mimi's uh, at this point pregnant. And Mimi gets mocked for being a teen mom. And then you also have Lucy, who gets mocked for being a virgin. (laughs) Women can't win. Yep. So (laughs) the lesson here, girls, is just be a slut, because who gives a fuck? Okay, people are going to mock you whether you're a slut or not, so live a little. I I just wanted to point out the fact that they showed both sides of that coin, like, and that's really how it is when you're in school. You're a slut or you're you're a prude, like, Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> well, there there really is no in between. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially for incels. Oh, so virgins are pure, but they don't exist. And then sluts are all Stacys. They're all Stacys, and they're only after the Chads. <laughs> I know. Incel lingo is so weird. Yeah, it's like okay, I get, and it's, I don't know, it's fucking stupid because it's like okay, I get it, like that Chad is a very generic like jock name sort of deal, I guess. But um, high school was fucking like twelve years ago. Get the fuck over yourself. I don't know, buy a oh, hooker. But they can't. <laughs> uh, so. The graduation happens. Uh, the dad's there with Lucy talking to me. Oh, she wants to be a doctor. Because the teacher's like, oh, well, Lucy, I hope you pursue music since you loved it so much. And her dad's like, no, 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 she's not going to study music. She's going to be a doctor. And then she's also going to have minors in chemistry and biology or some shit. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, yo. Yeah, like, but that, <laughs> that some parents are like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, she... I don't, I've never heard of having a formal graduation party, like, it's almost like a prom. That doesn't happen around here, but apparently it happens in this movie. Um, but, like, Lucy gets up, gets dressed to go to this graduation party thing, and she's sitting there crying on her bed, and her dad walks in and is like, well, what's wrong? And, you know, she tells him, she's like, Dad, I worked hard all high school I didn't go to football games I didn't she basically laments the fact that she never had that high school experience you know she's basically and her dad's kind of like disregarding her and saying like oh you had a head on your shoulders you did well and it's like yeah dad but like I don't know I wanted to go and have some fun and like make some fucking mistakes and stuff like that's what college is for though Lucy that's what college is for (laughs) Yeah. Ugh, God. And then she goes to the graduation party, and Mimi's there, and she's talking, you know, she tries to get uh, Lucy to go with her to fulfill their pact that they made when they were, like, eight or nine years old to dig up uh, their time capsule. Yeah. And Lucy's like, nah, I want some dick. (laughs) (laughs) She's gonna have sex with her lab partner. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, sometimes you just need that dick. <laughs> uh, and Kit's like, I'm not doing something stupid like that. Because, so, well, I mean, yeah, Kit's very, like, you High know, maintenance, yeah. popular, mean girl. Yeah, Images much. everything to her. And you find out later why she's changed into that bitter, popular girl, uh, which we'll get into. Um so Mimi leaves the party. She's like, well, fine. Fuck you guys. I'm going to go do it myself. And as she's leaving, this guy, I think his name's Kurt. I think that's her boyfriend. Yeah, it's like her, yeah, her ex-boyfriend. And he's like, hey, is the baby mine? And she's like, yeah. She's like, how's the fetus? That's how he grew Oh, my her. God. Like, yeah. He said, how's the fetus? Wow, bro. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, you know what? He probably, like, had that over and over in his head. Like, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> How's the fetus? Oh, God. Like, Jesus Christ. Wookie? Jeez. 
<laughs> oh my god, you just went total Canadian just now. Oh, <laughs> that's not Canadian, that's Michigan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. Uh, that's okay. Um, so, Mimi's like, you know, fuck off, dude. Like, because he basically such shames her. He's like, I, you know, I heard you were sleeping around and, and you slept in the back of some dude's car with some, you know. And she's like, fuck off. And then she goes to try and find the box, but Kit and Lucy are there. Yeah, so and, they decide that they're uh, they're both, you know, gonna... Um, go out there and uh, get the box with Mimi. Like first, yeah, it's a, kit. a, a kit's out there, and she's like, she s- takes the flashlight, and Mimi's like, "Hey, give me back my flashlight!" Uh, and then it turns out Lucy knows exactly where the box is, and she's just standing there with a the shovel, like Looking she's about like to a serial killer. Yeah, like she's about to bury a goddamn dead body. Can we just do this and get it over with, you know? You know, this would be a fucking sinister movie if these teenage girls accidentally killed somebody and were burying the body. (laughs) Right? Just saying. Um, So they they dig up the box, and in the box there were four things. Uh, Kit had a bridal Barbie because she wanted to get married. And Lucy had a locket with a picture of her mom in it because she wanted to see her mom again. And then there was a picture of all three of them, and then Mimi had a keychain of the world because she wanted to see the world and she wanted to dip her feet in the Pacific Ocean. That was her dream. Yeah. Because unlike Lucy and unlike Kit, she's from a very poor background. You know? Like, Lucy's dad owns is a mechanic, owns a mechanic shop. Yeah. Kit's dad owns an auto parts store. So I guess that's how they became friends. And maybe Mimi's dad was a mechanic until he got fired. Yeah, exactly. We don't really, we don't see or hear any mention of Mimi's parents. So obviously her upbringing is... I just made that up. Is, yeah. <laughs> so obviously her upbringing isn't the greatest, mm-hmm. you know. Um... So, they fight a little bit, and then Mimi offers, you know, I'm going to California for this, like, audition for this record label, and it's in one or two weeks, something like that. You guys should come. We're leaving on Sunday. And Kit and Lucy are like, "Mm, no. (laughs) That's crazy. We'll never do that. Okay. Of course not. And then we find out Kit's fiance goes to UCLA. Yeah. And he was supposed to come home for the summer, but he's not. And Lucy is just, she feels like she's suffocating. And so she finally decides, well, I'm just going to do something for myself for once. Because I've never done that. Yeah, and she wants to go and see her mom. And yeah. Tucson. So that's what they do. They all pack up. And the funny thing is, is they get in a car with this guy that uh, Kit overheard his name's Ben. And Kit was told by her friends that Ben had murdered someone and went up river for it. <laughs> yeah. But she still decides to get in the car and go go with him anyway. <laughs> All of them do. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, none of them really knew. Like, Lucy had no clue about that rumor. Kit was the only one that knew. 
And Kit brought it up when they stopped at a hotel room one night. Mm-hmm. The first she's night, like, right? Yeah, like the morning after their first night, she's like, you know, he murdered someone. And Mimi and Lucy are like, what? She's like, yeah, everyone around town was saying that he murdered someone. He definitely went to jail. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but it starts off, they said on the road, right, to... With not much money, like, at all. And they're in, like, this uh, convertible, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, a yellow 1973 Buick um, Skylark convertible. Yeah, it's an old car. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah, so... um, But, yeah, shortly into the journey... um, I guess, well, first of all, like, they, yeah, they stop at that place or whatever, the hotel, and uh, it's, like, a, a shitty bathroom. Yeah, it's, like, a love motel sort of thing, and, like, Kit's, like, I'm not sleeping here, and it's, like, it's the only thing we can afford, and it's, like, shut up, God, get over it, and that's when you find out that, like, oh, maybe she's, you know... Yeah, kids very high maintenance because at first they're not even going to sleep in a hotel. They're just going to curl up on the side of the road. And kids like, I'm not staying outside. Me? Oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and they don't I have much money. Her. Like, they only had $400 to get across the country, which is not a lot of money. No, that'd probably be closer about 500 now. I mean, it's manageable, but I don't know how the hell they were staying in a hotel room that night, even no. with their budget. <laughs> no, I don't know either, shit. Uh, um, so, yeah. Mimi, yeah, so when, when Kit tells them, Mimi's like, so what if he killed a guy? He did his time. He paid his debt to society. <laughs> I She's thought, such a forgiving person. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, you know, somewhat into their, uh, journey, I mean, there is that part where they're, like, listening to rock music, and then, uh, they are like, hey, can we listen to something else for a little bit, which they switch it to, um, another channel, and it's, uh, NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye, which was kind of funny, because Britney Spears was dating Justin Timberlake, kind of at the time. I think they broke up very soon after the... She made this movie, right? Yeah, like, they were together, I think, till 2002, 2003. Like, they were together when the movie was filmed. But I think after that, it wasn't long before they broke up. But they were, like, the it couple in the early 2000s. Yeah. (laughs) With their all-denim shit. (laughs) That was one time, and everybody brings it up. (laughs) Hey, you know what's so bad is I didn't think it was that tacky. (laughs) At the time? Or now, because if it's now, now girl. <laughs> I know. I think Yikes. one of the funniest parts of this movie was when they stop at the supermarket after Kit tells everyone that he killed a guy. And, you know, Lucy goes in to get some supplies. And, you know, Mimi's like, well, hey, will you get me some chips? And Lucy's like, no. And so Mimi like, follows after her. And so it's just Kit and Ben in the car. And she's like, y'all wait for me. <laughs> Because uh, she thinks Ben's a murderer. <laughs> so, um, shortly into the journey, the car breaks down. Uh, yeah. And obviously they don't have much money. So, 
Uh, this is the part where Lucy's like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm gone. I have to go back home. This has, you know, been a bad idea. But Mimi's like, please, I want you to stay. I have a really good idea. Come on, right? Uh, and she suggests that they sing at a karaoke bar. By the way, they're in Louisiana at this point, right? Um, yeah. The bar is in, like, downtown New Orleans. Which, I don't know. New Orleans is, like, kind of off the road, so I don't understand why they went to fucking New Orleans. Like, if that's, you know, where they They did go off-road a few times where they weren't on the interstate. Well, yeah, but, like, I mean, New Orleans is, like, really far from, like, their travel thing. Like, maybe it was in Baton Rouge, because that's kind of more, like, closer to the interstate. Um, they don't say where, but there's definitely a historic district that they're in. Yeah. That looks very similar to Bourbon Street. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a karaoke bar and, you know, good singers get tipped quite well by the customers. So um, they all dress up pretty sexy or, you know, in other words, sluts. Um, I'm so sorry. um to you know go on stage and um as the song's starting mimi's like the front runner and she develops stage fright and she's unable to sing and she's kind of like looking down right but like they really need the money and uh mimi's like come on lucy you're like the best singer i ever knew right so of course you know lucy goes up there and she starts singing she's you know, becomes a hit with the crowd because, you know, she's secretly Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was my thing. I was like, she's supposed to be a virgin, right? And she's supposed to be very modest. But the inner slut came out and it was fantastic. <laughs> she was like grinding on the stripper pole singing I Love Rock and Roll. She's got Ben going eyes wide in the background like, holy shit, she's actually hot. What? Yeah, he he wanted to bang her. Yeah. So. And um, then they never specify how much money they get in tips, but they're like, it's enough for the trip. Yeah, okay. let's. They they got a lot of money, so they get enough to fix the car, which is probably about four hundred dollars, right? Um, and so like we don't. They never said how much they got, but like they're able to fix the car plus get a nice hotel room. So that has a mini bar and room service. Yeah. Uh, so, and then we have a girl bonding scene, or. Like a extended girl bonding scene. Yeah. Ben Ben goes off because he's pretty pissed off because he had to punch some dude. Like some fuck boy at the club was like grinding all over Lucy and Lucy was not into it. And so Ben intervenes and then like punches the dude and then he's like, I just I have to go cool off. And then he doesn't show up till the next morning. So it's Lucy, Mimi, and Kit all alone in this hotel room, and they start talking about all of these reasons why they weren't friends anymore and about their lives since they kind of lost touch with one another. One of the funny parts is when Kit is talking about sexuality with her, and Kit's like, well, have you seen one? And Lucy's like, yeah. And then Kit said, but have you touched one? And then Lucy doesn't answer, but she blushes and put her head, puts her head down. And Kit's like, 
girl, you touched one. Oh my God, Lucy, Lucy touched one, and she's proud. Oh my God, <laughs> it was so funny. Cause you know, girlfriends are like that. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> she touched one, Duke. Um. Uh, yeah. Then we. Well, I mean, this is the part where they kind of basically all tell their sad story. You know? Well, yeah, because, you know, Kit mentions uh, that, you know, she, she, well, I mean, you could kind of see from, like, the, you know, the, the part before, uh, Kit as a child was quite heavy, right? And um, her mother used to, you know, bully her relentlessly about being fat, which I know how that fucking feels. Um, and... Uh, she used to go to fat camp every year and uh, she said that that was her happiest time because her mom wouldn't bully her when she was, you know, off to camp every year, right? Um, And then she said that her saddest time was when she reached her goal weight because apparently being prettier than her mom was was unacceptable. Yeah. So this also explains why she's turned into this, like, high-maintenance popular girl, you know. Like, it's the only way she can at least, at least in this manner, she's putting out the front that she's perfect, you know. Yeah. And above reproach, because she is relentlessly... Well, you can kind of see it at the... Yeah, you can kind of see it at the beginning when... You know, the uh, when her mother is like, oh, make sure you smile and stand up straight. And she's like, I'm smiling, mom. God. Yeah. You know? um, Lucy talks about, uh, you know, how her mom just up and left when she was about three years old and how her parents used to fight all the time. And uh, she thinks that her mom just decided not to... Uh, come back because too much time had passed and it would have been more awkward and then Mimi explains that the reason she got pregnant was because she went to a party her and her boyfriend had had a big fight and so she went to a party, she got drunk Um, some guy that had been drinking beer out of a blue bottle all night had offered to drive her home because she was like so drunk she couldn't even stand up straight yeah. And on the drive home, he pulled over and he raped her. And one of the things she says when Lucy and Kit are, uh, like, saying, oh, my God, that's horrible. Why did, did you go to the police? She goes, it's not a big deal. It happens to girls all the time. And it was so heartbreaking and true. Yeah. Like... Mimi is the poster child for the Me Too movement in 2002, like, as far as I'm concerned, you know, like, they, what were the police going to do? They would have said I was drunk and I had revenge sex because I just had a fight with my boyfriend, and then I regretted it. That's what they'd say, and it's fucking and, true. And she's not lying, exactly, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, of girls out there who, you know, who, who've had sex or have been raped, right? And, uh, you know, they decide, you know, whether to go to the police or not. But if they do go to the police, like, you know, the way that they're questioned about it is like, like, what were you wearing? What were you doing? Why were you out so late? Why were you this? And it's like, that doesn't, that, like, 
there is partially like the reason why is like they have to get all the information but the way that they do it is not yeah not gentle it's not like understanding that like hey maybe this is a fucking really traumatizing experience so i i think that you know maybe some training needs to be done to like make things a little more like fucking delicate about these sorts of situations yeah i mean the thing about all of this is like there's no ever there's never a perfect rape victim like the perfect rape victim is some virgin that gets violently attacked in her home and has never had sex before them. That is the perfect rape victim who cannot be accused of being a slut. If you are a girl who has had sex before um, or has a reputation and you report that you've been raped, nobody believes you. Yeah. There have been plenty of cases where a girl has accused football players in high school of gang raping them, several instances in different small towns. And they're the ones that get ostracized. They're the ones that get death threats. Not the guys who end up being found Gracie, guilty you of keep doing breaking it to up. <clears throat> I do? Yep, you keep breaking up, so adjust your phone. Okay, how's this better? Yeah, because this is pretty... I didn't want to stop you because it's a pretty important thing of what you're saying, right? So... Yeah. Please continue. Okay, well, to to repeat since I was breaking up is, you know, like, these girls get gang raped. It gets caught on camera sometimes, you know? And then they get blamed for being drunk at a high school party. They get blamed for having a reputation... They get blamed for having had sex before that night. You know, they get told they're asking for it. And that... Well, there's there's a story out of Nova Scotia. I was actually in school at the time. Um, and it was, uh, it was a, a young... I think she was 17, but I think she was 15 when it happened. Um, and they got pictures of her... Uh, being raped by being gang raped by a bunch of I think they were football players or something and she was you know harassed and uh, she ended up going to another school where she was also harassed because people knew each other right and um she ended up killing herself she was 17 years old and she ended up killing herself because um because of the harassment and this and is that a- that is a, a huge ass problem because like I said like especially in small towns f- sports is really the big uh, thing that keeps people together yeah. like I live in a small town high school football around here is like the thing it's the only thing to do really on a Friday night is go to the local high school for a football game um, in the fall you know keeps kids out of trouble that sort of thing and like if something like that were to happen here i would expect mostly everyone to side with the football players because that's what happens i mean if you watch that uh documentary the hunting ground there's a girl in that in that movie who accused a heisman trophy nominee or winner of raping her and she was the one that was ostracized not him 
Well, it's, a, so. it's the same with, you know, Brock Turner, like that case, you know. Um, he was... Well, everybody, you know, couldn't stop talking about how this, you know, young man was a promising swimming or whatever yeah. in swimming. But um, never like, mind that two guys found him raping a woman um, behind a dumpster who was covered, never mind that who was covered in like exactly. She was she was unconscious and she was covered in cuts and bruises and stuff. And he was. Yeah. And that's the thing. Now, whenever we think of Brock Turner, we think of a horrible fucking scumbag. But, like, that's what he fucking deserves. And that's why he only got six months in, six months in jail for raping a woman. Yeah. Brutally. Yeah, like, fuck that guy. And yeah. fuck that judge. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So, I mean, there is issues where this is... This happens to... Uh, many young women who too many yeah so Mimi's right like when she said that it happens all the time and like not to worry about it like plus Mimi's from a very poor background she doesn't have a lot of friends you know she she has a reputation around school because of Kurt's friends talking shit about her yeah so, who's going to believe her? That's her thought. That's why she doesn't go to the police. No, she mentions... Heartbreaking. Yeah. No, she mentions that she wants to put the baby up for adoption. Yeah. She's weighing her options on that. Like, she hasn't decided. But, you know, she's got the pamphlets and the different people that want to have a baby, you know? And she's going to be selfless. Because adoption is a selfless act, even though people say it's selfish. No. fucking selfless because that's the biggest thing you can do for your child if you know you can't care for them properly yeah um so they arrive in uh in tucson right and um and, and lucy goes to see her mom caroline oh well you 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 did forget one of the funny parts oh okay yeah so ben of course has been out all night right and so when they're finally getting ready to leave, uh, you know, he's tired and pretty angry. Just so oh, whatever. Yeah. Then they pull over and then they pull over and stop to, at a gas station to get some snacks, use the bathroom, whatever. They come back to the car. Ben's asleep. And his one rule is nobody drives no one, my car. Nobody drives my car. And then we're like, well, we can't just sit here and waste time. The best part was when Kit and Mimi were like, Lucy, grab his keys, grab his keys. And Lucy's like, why do I have to grab his keys? And Mimi goes, because Kit and I voted on it and you lost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Lucy manages to grab the keys. Mimi doesn't know how to fucking drive a car, so Lucy starts driving. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll listen to the radio real low, you know, not to wake him up. Mm-hmm. And then, man, I feel like a woman by Shania Twain comes on, and I agree. You can't not sing that song. It's it's a good song. It's impossible not to sing to it. <laughs> uh, yep. So, so yeah, they um oh lord, they start singing. Yeah, loudly, right? <laughs> and uh, 
head pops up out of the back seat. Like, <laughs> and he's like, pull over, pull over right now. And they're like, come on, like, we'll just drive for a little bit. And um, and Lucy's like, you look so it's cute. illegal. <laughs> yeah, you looked so cute. It's illegal to, you know, uh, to stop at the shoulder. the shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like all this stuff. And he's like, I don't fucking care. Pull over. <laughs> So they do that. Yeah. So they do that. And he like jumps out of the car and he gets like so mad. He's very frustrated. And then when Lucy goes over, he's like, I'm a guy. Okay. I'm a guy. All right. It's just, I'm a guy and I've been surrounded by chicks and you're doing your girl things. Do you know what it's like to be surrounded by girls all the time? I know, stupid question. You're a girl. <laughs> yeah. He's so dumb. Like, it's just, I think it was just frustration out of being tired. Because this is the only time where he's a misogynistic dick. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but anyway, he cools off. They get back in the car. They drive. Uh, and while they're driving... Um, Lucy asked him about why he was in jail and he explains like because they thought that he had killed a guy and you know he explains no I didn't kill anyone what ended up happening is is he had a step a stepdad and a stepsister who was not biologically related to him and his stepsister calls him while he's at college saying that the stepdad is beating her up and so he picks her up and takes her across state lines back to his college, which is federal kidnapping, because he took a, um, a minor who was not related to him across state lines. And so his uh, stepfather presses charges. The fact that he only got six months shows that there was major leniency with the judge, and his stepsister ended up having to go, was able to go and live with her mom instead of with her father. So... He's a good guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, and then he's like, you you guys went on a road trip thinking that I had killed someone? Why? <laughs> Asking the real questions. <laughs> well, exactly. And there was like another moment that they don't mention. But um, so Lucy keeps like writing in a in like a notebook or whatever and uh and ben asks her like what's she writing in there and she's like yeah um i write mostly poetry and she's like i'll read one but like you can't laugh about it so she reads this one right and uh and it's <laughs> it's okay i guess and he's we like, know it because it's a song yeah and it sounds cheesy as a poem it does. <laughs> um, and then they almost kiss. But then Mimi comes screaming out of the bushes because they had made a tent for the night. Mimi comes screaming out of the bushes, a snake bit my ass. And they're like, it's a mosquito bite. And he's like, he's like, like let me have a look at it. And she's like, you're not going to see my ass. <laughs> it could have been a snake after she's told it's a mosquito it yeah. could have been a snake. <laughs> and then, uh, and Kit's like, we're leaving tomorrow morning because nothing's biting my ass. 
Um, uh, so and then we get to Lucy going to her mom's house. Yeah. So at that point, um, they get to Tucson, Arizona, and uh, and sh- they're you know right outside, and uh, she's like, "Well, you know, good luck with the singing competitions or whatever the recording." Uh, thing and uh, and they're like you know if anything happens like we're still we're in town till tomorrow um, and uh, she goes to the door and she knocks and uh, you know a woman uh, answers the door and she's like hi how can I help you and she's like it's me mama it's Lucy and yeah. um, Carolyn is not too happy to see Lucy yeah and then, you know, she gets a phone call before she can start talking. And while she's on the phone, Lucy looks around and she sees pictures of these two boys. Like, her mom says they're 10 and 7. Those were teenagers in those pictures. I'm sorry. They were. Um, but anyway, uh, those are actually Lucy's brothers. And then Caroline uh, tells Lucy, well, we need to talk. And Lucy shows back up at the hotel room, drenched from the rain. It's fucking raining in Tucson, of all, you know, like that doesn't happen too often. (laughs) It doesn't fucking rain in Arizona, you know, but it rained that night, you know, because it's a mood. And um, it's the night that the lights went up in Georgia, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so she comes in and she's crying and you know she's sobbing in the bathroom and Ben goes in and asks her and she's like explains that her mom had never wanted her and that her dad forced her mom to have her and that she was a mistake and that she was never going to be a mother to Lucy because she did not want to have Lucy and was forced to have her. Yeah. And that's definitely something that people don't talk about that often. Um, where, I mean, they grew up in Georgia, which is a state that is not exactly pro-choice, right? No. So... It made me think about the fact that, like, this woman, probably her mom, like, the mom is played as a villain. Yeah. But I don't necessarily see her as a villain. I see her as a woman who was forced to have a child and didn't have any options. And when she finally had an option, she took it. But the unfortunate side of that is there was a child that was born who one parent did not want. Mm Mm-hmm. And Lucy's basically the one that's caught in the crosshairs. But I don't blame her mother for not wanting her at the time. She wasn't ready to have a kid. She should not have been forced to have the child. Yeah. Like, so that's a complicated issue that I didn't actually think was something that would we would ever talk about. No, but when I, mean... I watched this the when I watched this the other day, I brought it up to to Ashley and she's like wow I forgot about that part well because exactly like um the mother is played as like this villain like what a fucking bitch like how can she not want to see her own like child like what the fuck right but um the fact is that like first of all we don't know what the relationship was between um 
like Pete and and Carolyn, right? Is like what Well from Lucy's perspective, it was volatile. They were always arguing. Yeah. Cause Caroline was around until Lucy was like three or four. Yeah. So Lucy has memories of her parents constantly fighting. It was not a harmonious relationship. Mm-hmm. So And, you know. Yeah. That's it's sad. <laughs> what but that's the fact though. Babies don't make don't help relationships. They don't you know anybody who yeah. thinks that like, oh, if he gets me pregnant he'll stay with me. No, that shit doesn't it that never works out. So Never. Never. A baby is don't not gonna let, save your relationship. Don't, don't think that those hundred and fifty page Harlequins are a reality where they have a baby and all of the world is right again by them having a baby. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so she decides she's going to go to California with them. Yeah. And why not? They're going to do the audition. Uh, and while they're there, you know, they get the audition paperwork and head back to the hotel room. Which is, Mimi like, kind of an amazing spot. Like, the hotel room is right on the beach. Like, where the fuck did they get this money? Shit, it's first level too, so it's not going to be as expensive as like a penthouse. But it's it's California, it's L.A. That is like a four hundred dollar a night room at least. Mm-hmm. Those are some big rooms. <laughs> um, so they play in the ocean for a bit, and then after they come back to the room, Mimi and Kit want to go sightseeing, and uh, Ben gives them the keys to the car, so just don't put a scratch on it. Well, you know? yeah, because the both, uh, like, her, him and Lucy are like, I'm kind of tired, like, I don't really <laughs> want to do, no, like, we're not going to go out, we're just going to, like, hang out here and, I guess, maybe watch a movie. We know what you're up to, okay? Yeah, they totally hook up. <laughs> they going to get the it's... sooks. Yeah, so... <laughs> Lucy loses her virginity. <laughs> Too That's what bad. we get out of that. Um, um, I, I have to say, though, for whatever reason, like, I don't know why, but that part, like, when they're like, against the glass or whatever, and, like, he puts his hands out and he's kissing or whatever. By. Well, yeah, I was thinking that, but I was like, oh, man, that's kind of hot. But then also, what about the people who are, like, walking by the... You know, like walking down the beach, and they're like, "Oh, that couple is totally fucking doing a doggy style." Like, okay, <laughs> like, I know. Don't think about that, eh? Like, close, close the closet, close, close the curtain. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so Mimi and Kit are in the car, and Mimi's like, "I thought we were going to see the Hollywood sign," and Kit's like, "Yeah, but I want to see Dylan, which is her fiance, because she called Dylan." When they got to the hotel room, and he was, like, too busy, and he would see her tomorrow. Well, you know, Mimi's traveled a whole week across the country to come see her fiancé. She's going to go see him. And she drags Mimi along. And Mimi is, like, adamant, I don't want to go. Please, let's just turn around. You can see him tomorrow. Kit's like, no, we're going to go today. I need your support. You're my friend. Because at this point, they've mended all of their broken fences. And they're as tight as they were, you know, when they were kids. Yeah. So, they get to the apartment, dorm, whatever, um, and Dylan answers the door, 
and he's got a blue bottle of beer in his hand. Well, the first thing that happens is Kit, you know, is like, I was so happy to see you. And Dylan's like, yeah, but I got a friend here who's pretty upset. Uh, and then there's this woman in the background like, do you need money for the pizza? It's like, yeah, your friend sounds real fucking upset. Yeah. And then Kit notices Dylan drinking from a blue bottle. And he had said, hey to Mimi in a way that was kind of creepy. So Kit looks at the blue bottle and then she just like freaks the fuck out and she goes, Oh my god. Oh my god. She goes to Mimi and she's like, Mimi, was it him? And Mimi does not want to answer the question. And Dylan's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What did you tell her, Mimi? You know, and Kit's like, the fuck is wrong with you? Mimi tries to leave. Kit drags her back and is like, no, I want him to tell. Because at this point, Kit is freaking the fuck out. And she does not handle stress well. No. And Mimi is just like, I need to get the fuck away. I don't want to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, Dylan tries to grab for Kit as Mimi is running away. And Kit punches the shit out of him. And he goes down. But before she can reach Mimi, Mimi trips and falls. And they have to go to the hospital. And yeah. she miscarries. So. Yeah. The... And, like, Lucy's the first one to see Mimi in the hospital. Kit can't face her. Kit blames herself, in part, for what happened. You know? And and for not seeing it. And so, when Lucy and Mimi are talking, Mimi's like, you know, I just I decided to keep the baby. You know? When I felt her kick while I had my feet in the ocean, I decided that I was going to raise her. I would have been a good mom. And I'm just, like, bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. It was so sad. I know. I felt, <laughs> felt so bad for her. And then Lucy calls her dad, and so her dad shows up. What were you thinking, running away with a pregnant girl? What the fuck, dude? Shut the hell up. Yeah, I know. Ugh, I hate her dad so much. <laughs> Same here. Same yeah, here. I was like, in my notes, I write, okay, you emotionally manipulative fuck. <laughs> yeah. And he is. He's very emotionally manipulative of her. Well, I mean, you may see that because he, like, manipulates her, right? So maybe he was manipulating Carolyn, too, or Caroline. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't blame Caroline for leaving. Look at what he does to Lucy. He's really good about the guilt trips. Yeah. He's really fucking good about them. And as someone that comes from a household, uh, like, uh, maybe worse than what's presented in the movie, you know, like, I could see that shit from a mile away. (laughs) So. Yeah. (laughs) And, well, before they leave, um, Kit goes into the hospital room to visit with Mimi, and Kit is so upset. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I should have known. And Mimi's, you know, Mimi's like, no, don't. It's not your fault. None of this is your fault. Like, you're amazing. I love you. And I'm just like, oh, I need friends like this that live close to me. Like, I love Ageline, but the distance sucks. (laughs) I live afar, like, in the land of snow and ice. (laughs) She is. I live beyond the wall. 
<laughs> she lives beyond the wall, and I live in Dorn, okay? Like, <laughs> let's, let's do some Game of Thrones here. Like, <laughs> the wall is the Canada, is the Canada border. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so... Mimi gets discharged from the hospital. I'm guessing this happens about a day after her miscarriage. Long enough for the dad to get catch a flight to California and stuff. So they're leaving. And before they leave, Mimi and Kit are like, you know what, Lucy? You should totally stay and audition. You have the voice of an angel. You could do it. We believe in you. And you love music. Like, you don't want to be a doctor. You love music. And then they do that whole Kit and I voted on it and you lost thing. Yeah. And Lucy at first is against it. But as the taxi is driving away with all of them in the car, she looks at her dad who's like, it's going to be fine. We're going to go home. It's going to be normal. And she looks at her dad and she's like, dad, please don't make me do what mom did. Please don't make me run away. Please just let me go. And her dad lets her go. And Lucy gets out the car, runs to Ben, gives him a big old kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a happily ever after thing. And then she lands and nails that audition, singing I'm not a girl. Not, not yet a woman. <laughs> All I need is time. A moment, a moment that, that is, is mine. mine. <laughs> well, I'm in between. Okay. I'm not a girl. Okay, we were sorry. We were done, and then you ruined it. Okay, I'm just kidding. I love you. I you, have no pity. I'm yeah. No shame. You have um, an amazing voice. So, but like, she nails the audition because, of course, she does. She's Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she has a voice, even though people are like, "Oh, she's auto tuned now." Like. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Brittany she's a queen. Yeah. <laughs> Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. Yeah. He did, like, uh, a bunch of other videos that were, like, really weird. Like, there was this one where he was like, lick my cornhole, my big old cornhole. And you're like, what? I'm not even kidding. Look. Oh, dear Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, let's go through the test. Oh, by the way, I totally wanted that fucking shirt she was rocking at that audition. I loved that shirt. Oh my god, I, I know. Sleeves. It was like that peasant top sort of style that everybody was into. With so many layers of sleeves at the end. I wanted it. Yeah. I still I, I still, still kind of do want that shirt. <laughs> uh, so that's how the movie ends. Happy ending. Yeah. She and Ben are together. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they ended okay. up uh, making another wish box, and they buried it at the beach. And this time, they decided not to make any wishes for their future, but, in, uh, you know, any wishes for the future, but, like, instead focused on the present and their friendship. And then, like, that's how the movie ends. Girl power. Girl it's power. A definite, it's a definite chick flick. Yeah. Definite chick flick. Oh, yeah. Um. So to go through the tests real quick, we have the uh, Bechdel test, which is two named female characters having a conversation about something other than a man. This happens several times between the girls, so it's a pass. Racial Bechdel test, two people of color with names talking about something other than a white person. It's 
almost a pass, except that Kit's mom doesn't have a name. <laughs> she does. Oh, yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> it almost passes. It's a technical technical fail because Kit's mom doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, DuVernay test, a person of color who has a narrative that's not about pushing another white character's narrative forward. I say it's a pass. Because the entire point of Kit's character is not only to be a friend or to visit Dylan, but to come into her own. Like, her motivations are personal. They're not necessarily about pushing Lucy's plotline forward or pushing Mimi's plotline forward. She has her own motivation. So it's yeah. a pass. Uh, Macklemore test, where a woman has a story that's not about pushing a man's narrative forward. All three of these girls have narratives that are about pushing their own life forward and not necessarily uh, about pushing Ben's forward. Ben is like the token. He's just there for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Just a, they it. needed a token boy. Yeah, right? Too many women. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this movie got such bad uh, reviews was because they were like, oh, chick flick. I mean, it wasn't, like, the greatest movie, but it wasn't bad either. It's not worthy of 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I think... Shades of Grey has a higher rating. Yeah, like, I mean... Yeah, it's it's like you said, like, it's just... It's not... It's not a great movie. Like, it's not the greatest movie, but it's definitely got a lot of... I don't know, it's a it's a pretty feminist movie. I would agree, because the central focus is three women. Also, I love, because it was written by Shonda Rhimes, Kit being a black woman is never used as a token. Yeah, exactly. Like, like she is she... not a token minority. She is a fully fleshed out character, and the fact that she is African American is just a side point. Like, we don't even bring up her ethnicity in the film. Oh, well, exactly. She's just, she just She's is. just a the, that's the thing like she that's her character that's who it, like it, it's not you know a stereotype she's just her it. own person I loved it yeah I loved it I was like you could tell that someone who who was not a white man wrote this movie well exactly <laughs> like it, Shonda Rhimes did a pretty a- pretty fantastic <laughs> job like I mean Yep. I'm like, yeah, so. it is cheesy in some parts. Like, there were some parts where I was like, ugh, okay. But then, you know, yeah. other parts I was like, no, it's actually it's actually a pretty decent movie that brings up, like, a lot of really fucking hard subjects for young women. Yeah. Now, this is considered a bad movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I texted Ashlyn when I finished watching it. I was like, I don't give a fuck that it has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. I love it. <laughs> well, it's so funny, too, because it got nominated for, like, a bunch of, um, like, the Razzie Awards, right? Like, Britney Spears actually won for Worst Actress. and uh, this, Yeah, and then the song, I'm Not a Woman, Not Yet, or Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, uh, one for worst original song. See, I just think it's because Britney Spears was a pop star. Yeah. And she was really popular at the time. This is where we get back to the whole, 
the media loves to hate on what young women like mm-hmm. thing. Because Britney Spears did a really decent job for someone that's not a professional actor, you know? Like, she was able to carry her weight. Well, like, um, I thought... Like, there was... Because, you know, in, like, interviews afterwards, uh, Justin Long, who you know, is in the movie, he ended up saying that he's, uh, like, later on that he was impressed by Spears' work ethic, saying that she couldn't she couldn't have been more down-to-earth and that she was a very sweet girl. And after 10 minutes, he forgot that she was, like, this big pop star because she was so, like, down-to-earth. Yeah. She was just... Which, you hear, you hear that a lot about her, you know? And, like... People want to give her a hard time, especially after she had her huge meltdown, you know, and she married a douchebag. Yeah. But, like, she has spent her entire life in the spotlight. She has been a child star and then a pop princess. And, you know, even now, she's basically, like, the queen of pop after Madonna, you know? Like, she's that much of a cultural icon. But because it was the early 2000s and she mostly had a demographic of young girls listening to her music. She was raked over the coals for being in this movie. And I don't think that's fair because I think she did a really good job. I'm not saying this movie is Oscar worthy, but it's not as terrible as the critics made it out to be. Yeah. It wasn't worthy of her getting worst actress for a Razzie. I mean, Zoe Zaldana had moments where she was overacting a little bit too much, you know? Yeah. Like, so I, it just felt like the reason it scored so low is just a way of shitting on someone whose demographic is young teenage girls. Well, exactly. And I mean, at that point, that was like one of uh, Zoe, uh, Zoe's first movies. Um, She had been in center stage and get over it before but like that was yeah that was one of her first movies it was Britney Spears first movie um as for um shoot what's her name it it was also like one of her first movies Taryn Manning Taryn Manning that was like one of her first movies too uh yeah so uh yeah honestly I think that you know a lot of I think it was a pretty decent movie, and I think the time period really raked this movie over the coals and used to... um, It would get compared to Mariah Carey's uh, 2001 Glitter, which I haven't seen that movie, but... I have seen that movie, and again, I think think these kind of movies just get a, a reputation because it's a singer that's trying to move into a different genre of entertainment. You know? Like, it's okay when actors go into singing because in the hierarchy of entertainment music comes second to film so it's okay if a a top tier film actor wants to go into music you know but god forbid a musician want to be in film yeah you know like i get that feeling especially if they're in pop yeah you know like tim mcgraw never had this fucking problem and he's a musician turned actor yeah you know is like, he? I wouldn't know. <laughs> like, he's been in, you know, mostly country movies like Flicka and he was in The Blind Side and stuff like that. But, like, Tim McGraw never got raked over the coals because his acting wasn't as good as the people he was in the movie with. Yeah. So, I really think it just comes down to misogyny as to why this movie did so poorly with critics. Yeah, I think so, too. 
And uh, yeah, so I think that's, that's kind it. of all we have to say about that movie. Um, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Yep. Uh, so uh, now our links. Tell us, yep. Gracie. Uh, <laughs> Facebook, you can uh, facebook.com slash the feminist critique. And then you can catch me at South of Grace on Twitter. Our Gmail, the feminist critique podcast at gmail.com. And uh, what's the last one? Tumblr? <laughs> oh, Tumblr. The uh, feminist critique on Tumblr. And uh, we're also on Twitter uh, as Feminist Critique without the E at the end. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Ajleens, A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. And we will see you guys next week with Mommy Dearest, I think. We're gonna oh, yeah. We're going to save the room for the last. Yeah, we're going to save the room for the last. But yeah, next week is Mommy Dearest. So we'll see you guys later. All right, bye. Bye.